Welcome to Smith Memorial Online. We're glad you joined us today. We're located in Collinsville, Virginia. At Smith Memorial, our motto is simple, follow Jesus. We'd like to encourage you to check us out online, www.smithmemorialumc.com. There you can find out more information about us, opportunities to serve, and ways to support this ministry through giving. We pray that God would add blessing this day to the hearing and the doing of God's Word. today is from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. Here are these words of the Apostle Paul. So then, remember that at one time you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcision a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands. Remember, remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, For he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall. That is the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace. And might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and he proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. These are the words of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Speak, O Lord, for your servants are listening. We gather together as we do week in and week out, giving our full attention to you. 
May we hear the gravity of these words today, O God. May we who perhaps have never really had to wrestle with our Gentile nature learn to remember that one time we were not as privileged as we assume we are. And may we, God, may we set aside our own privileges for a little while so that we can once again receive your graciousness. And when we receive that graciousness, might we then learn to be generous, hospitable, and gracious to the one we call other. Help us to be united in you, for you are the one who still speaks this day. Amen. So I haven't had an opportunity to uh, talk to you while I've been gone for a little bit, I think. Uh, so the first thing that I want to say is, uh, is first thank you. That's probably hard for you all to remember, but a few weeks ago you all honored um, not just me but my family with uh, very loving and kind gestures. And I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for the food. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you for your, um, your continued love for our family. We certainly appreciate that. I also want to say thank you um, to the Edwards family. Once again, you all are a tremendous blessing to this church. Thank you for um, stepping in while I was gone. Thank you, Carolyn and the United Methodist Women. Thank you, Diane. Thank you to everyone who, uh, who allowed me to know that I'm not that important and that you all can do this without me. Um, but seriously, thank you all um, for everything that you have done in our absence. You might think that I need to go on another vacation for what I'm getting ready to say, but the time away and my wife was 20-some days in a car with a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and my wife was actually one of the most enjoyable things I've ever done. Um, it was an absolutely tremendous experience. Uh, to be able to see, uh, Samantha and I, we've never seen anything, uh, we went to Brazil one time, which is really cool, uh, but other than that, in the United States, we've never seen anything further than Kentucky, so um, to be able to see basically the whole southern United States, uh, we did 14 to 16 states in a very short amount of time, and we did not lack in trying to explore everything that we could possibly explore. Uh, who knows when we'll do it again? But our hashtag one wild road trip, for those that were following us, uh, was not only a refreshing uh, time for me, uh, every pastor needs a time in which they are able to step away for a little while. Um, every person needs a time in which they step away for a little while. So let us continue to remember those during the summertime that are finding their own refreshment. But not only was it a refreshing time for me, it was also an amazing time of actually getting to know my family. Uh, nothing will unite you more than being stuck in a car for an extended period of time. You learn every little thing about your family, and it helped me fall deeper in love with them. It was also a time for me of deep reflection as I reflect on the wonder that is the United States of America. Um, this place is beautiful. It's 100% a beautiful place 
to experience. It was awe-inspiring. I remember all of the places that we went to. We went to city after city. We saw things after things. I'll never forget what it was like to first come up upon the Grand Canyon and to see that. It was beautiful. Every aspect of this country was beautiful. It was beautiful rolling from the foothills and the mountains of Virginia to the deserts of Arizona to the sand dunes that we had no clue where we were at and why we had sand dunes in front of us in the middle of a landlocked uh, country. Uh, it, it was something else to see. But what I also realized, and this is where the deep reflection came in for me, was that our country is simultaneously awe-inspiring but at the same time, if you pause and you step off the tracks just a little bit, you can also see signs that this country has also had sorrowful tragedy. One extreme to the next, each of these were a part of our experience. We had the Grand Canyon experience. We had the Blue Hole in Santa Rosa. We had what it was like to be on Coronado Island in San Diego. But we also saw what it was like to be at the hotel in Memphis where Martin Luther King was shot. We saw where it was like to be at Fort Smith, Arkansas, to see the gallows look over Indians, to walk the Trail of Tears, to look over the Arkansas River into Oklahoma and to see where we forcibly marched people that weren't like us. We saw what it was like for the Acadians in New Orleans. We saw what it was like to be black in Selma and in Montgomery, Alabama. And we also felt the privilege of being able to be stopped multiple times by Border Patrol and to be asked the simple question, what is your citizenship? What is your citizenship? And it was, at one hand, deeply refreshing to say, I am a citizen of the United States. But that became a little bit challenged when I came to a place called El Paso, Texas. You see, the person that we went to go visit, my friend Francisco, he was almost from El Paso, Texas. We actually saw where his home city was, a place called Juarez, Mexico. If you've never been to El Paso, what you will notice is that when you're standing in El Paso and you look around, you can't tell what's El Paso and what's Juarez, Mexico, because all of the lights just run together. If you've also been following the news, you would know that El Paso, Texas is also a detention center for those families that are coming over. You see, our trip across the United States was simultaneously two things, all inspiringly beautiful and also sorrowfully tragic. You see, I had a vision that for some reason when I was in El Paso that Every other country in the world was always so far away, but Juarez changed that for me. Literally, I came to the realization that a person's life could be drastically changed by being born on the wrong side of the river. And the river, you might think, is extremely wide, but no, the river was no more than the width of the Smith River. 
on which riverbank were you born determined whether you were considered legal or illegal to this country. You see, as we went on our trip, we found that in the midst of the awe-inspiring beauty, our country also has deep roots in separating one from another. But it's not just our country, it's our world. We do this quite often. We separate one from another. And this was no different for the challenge that Paul faced to the early church that he writes to. That was not, see, the, the book Ephesians is one of the uh, books, the letters that was not necessarily written for a particular group. It was a letter that was passed from church to church. The first church it started at was the church in Ephesus, a place in Asia Minor. But it was a letter that was meant to go to all churches. In this letter, Paul doesn't necessarily talk about any one specific thing as he might do to, say, the church in Corinth. He, he speaks about a specific topic. He does not do that in Ephesians. In Ephesians, Paul writes about unity and what it means to be a people of God living in light of the Jesus event. So the same thing that we noticed as we drove through this country we also realized, and at least I realized, because I was thinking about this text because I knew when I came home I had to preach. I realized that Paul was writing to a very similar context. People who lived in such close proximity to one another, and yet they were divided by race and religious belief. These people were unable to cohabitate with one another due to their differences. And Paul starts off his, his uh, section in Ephesians 2 saying, you that are called the uncircumcised by those called the circumcised. He has clearly laid for us to say there are two distinct people groups here. And you all haven't been able to get along. You see, Ephesians and the book of Ephesians is a very hard passage for people like us to hear. It's not hard because we ought, it's not hard in the sense because we're naturally trained in our minds to automatically jump to the fact that Jesus has made everything okay. But it's a very hard passage when Paul starts off his letter saying, Remember. Remember, you see it's difficult, this passage is difficult for those of us who cannot remember a time in which we were ever Gentile. A time in which we were ever the outsider. A time in which we were the ones that were not included. A time in which, for instance, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus speaks to one of these dirty people called Gentiles. It was a woman, by the way, a Syrophoenician woman. And she came to Jesus in Matthew's gospel, and she came to Jesus and she asked a very simple statement that we would assume Jesus would say yes to. 
She comes to Jesus and she says to him, Jesus, my daughter is very sick. She's ill. Please heal her. But what does Jesus say in Matthew's gospel? He doesn't say yes. At least not right away. He says, woman, don't you know that I came only to save the lost sheep of the house of Israel? Is it proper for me to take the food from the children's table and give it to the dogs? Jesus himself, according to Matthew's gospel, compares these Gentiles. Not to the little children. of Jesus says, no, you're not at the grown-up we would do. We would say, well, this is the grown-up table. The children go sit at a different table. Jesus says, no, you're not at the grown-up table. You're not at the children's table. You're the dog. And the dog's not worthy of getting the crumbs. And either are you. As we all know, this woman consistently portrays an act of faith, and Jesus does indeed heal her daughter. But friends, we will never understand the passages of Ephesians unless we grasp with the reality of our Gentile identity. You see, the basis of Paul's message to the Ephesians is rooted in their ability to grasp the dire reality based on their prior Gentile identity. What it was like for them before they became naturalized citizens to the kingdom of God. Paul says to them, listen, remember, you all were without Christ. You were aliens of Israel. You were strangers to the covenant. You were devoid of hope. You were without God in this world, Paul says. When have you ever felt that way? So if your answer is, well, I've never felt that way. Well, now you understand why it's a hard passage for people who have always assumed they were the insiders. You all were without Christ. You all were the aliens. You all were the strangers. And then Paul says, but somehow, somehow Jesus through the cross has made these distinctions a thing of the past. Somehow, what appeared like a tragic defeat of Christ on the cross has granted all of us the one thing that we have all been longing for now. Peace between one another. You see, Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, is simultaneously telling a people who were once the dogs that were on there, that always wanted what the privileged had. I always wanted what the privileged had. I always wanted that, but I was always the dog. And then somehow Jesus says, you have it. It's yours. Go and run with it. Go and tell the good news. But remember, lest lest you take for granted your citizenship 
in the kingdom of God, which is in heaven as it is on earth. Do not forget the generosity you first received. Remember where you started, Paul says. Because when you remember where you started, you will remember that you did not earn anything. But you received everything. Remember, Paul says, remember that the kingdom of God is not a nationality. In fact, it strips nationalities, it strips borders, it strips ethnicities, it strips any other markation of difference with all of their stereotypical boundaries that separate us from one another, and it transforms them into an almost sacramental means of grace that are now, instead of being feared, they are cherished and embraced as signs of God's ever-encompassing love. You see, what Paul says through this act of Jesus is that we had two people, we had the circumcised and the uncircumcised, and you two didn't like each other, but somehow there was an event that happened in the middle that says this, now because you are circumcised and now because you are uncircumcised, don't hate one another, but rejoice in your differences because it gives grace and praise to the one who has united you. These are no longer things to be separated. These are things to be embraced. The things that once separated you are now the very things in which we rejoice over because now we have peace. So what does Paul say? Remember who you really are and what's been done for you. And then go. Enact what you have received towards others. Be gracious because you have received grace. Be generous for you have received generosity. Be hospitable for you have received hospitality. You see, these are the things that Paul teaches us in the letter to Ephesians. That those who were once far off have been brought near. Do not fail to remember how far you once were. For if you fail to remember that, you will fail to welcome the stranger. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.